Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC, on November 18th, a mass shooting did not take place at DC's Jackson Reed High School. But the day was still traumatic. After reports of gunshots, the school went into a lockdown. Panic and confusion and even some grieving ensued. Even though nothing happened, I am fascinated by what they went through. I'm here with the school's newspaper editor who's going to tell me about it and about where the school is headed now. It's Monday, December 5th, 2022. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast DC. Benjamin Chait, you are the co-editor-in-chief of The Beacon, which is the school newspaper at Jackson Reed High School, formerly Wilson High School in DC. And today we're here to talk about a story that is probably one of the scariest ones you've ever dealt with during your tenure. Is that fair to say? Yeah. A lot of people in this school community were really, really worried. And it's a it's a funny thing because at the end of the day, nothing happened to anyone at the school. And yet what is so interesting about what's been going on is the emotions that people were dealing with that day and have been dealing with since. Can you walk us through what happened? Yeah. So around 2.45 on Friday, November 18th, there was a shooting incident that happened on Chesapeake and 40th Street, which is right across the street from my high school, Jackson Reed High School. Immediately, the building was put into lockdown, but there was really a, a hard time communicating what had happened throughout the school. So what students and staff knew at the time was that the school was being put on lockdown. They didn't really know why. They didn't know what had happened, and they were waiting in their classrooms. How did they tell you that the school was going on lockdown? It happened over the announcements. So we, we got an announcement basically telling all the students in the school um, that we were going into lockdown, you know, and, and we all, we've practiced this. We have lockdown drills, so we, we all know the procedure. At that point, the school was, was shut down. The, the, the doors were locked. The atrium was cleared. Everyone was put into a classroom or the nearest room where they could. So... There were people that were, you know, hanging out in the atrium uh, and they were, you know, people were waiting in bathrooms. They were waiting in in offices, um, you know, blinds shut, doors locked, uh, hiding away from the window if they can. So you, you guys at the paper have been reporting the hell out of this and have all kinds of stories about what actually happened on the ground, um, sometimes where things did not go as they were supposed to. Yeah, there was a wide response based on where you were in the building, honestly, and, and how much information each classroom had. And that it really, really varied. Some classrooms, there were intercom systems that, that were not functioning. And so they were not able to get the initial announcement or the subsequent updates. So they were not able to be informed that there was not an active threat in the building. So there were a lot of students that were really, really concerned because they thought that they were in an active shooter situation. So they, so just to, so I understand it, they go into lockdown, right? And elsewhere in the school, they're hearing over the 
announcements over the intercom that, hey, this is not an active shooter, et cetera. But in some of the classrooms, because it's a buggy system, they don't know that. They, For all they know, there's someone roaming the hallways with a gun. Absolutely. A lot of students were really, really terrified. Some classes, on the other hand, continued teaching altogether. <laughs> what ended up happening was that someone, uh, a bystander on the street who had witnessed the shooting, ran into the garage, the parking garage that's open to Chesapeake, in order to escape the shooting, we think. But because of that, they didn't know if there was someone remaining in the building. They didn't know if they were involved in the shooting. So they had to search the entire building after the shooting had happened, um, in addition to the lockdown, to make sure that no one dangerous was in the building. So we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know if there was someone in the building, if they were involved in the shooting. But there were students who were in classrooms who had watched, you know, what had happened and had known that they were not uh, a threat. But there were a lot of students who didn't. It's a building of 2,500 uh, students and, and hundreds of staff. So there's, there's a really wide range of, of what people were able to, to know. At the same time, there were all these rumors circulating. You know, students hopped onto social media. Everybody was posting. Everybody was texting. There were rumors that a student had died, that a student was involved. So people are like in their locked classrooms and they're looking at their phones and this is what they're seeing. Absolutely. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere on social media without knowing that there was a lockdown in Jackson Reed, that people were saying that there was a shooter, that people were saying that a student was killed. There were some people that 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 used the shooting as an opportunity to make jokes, you know, RIP to this person, RIP to that person. But in the moment, everybody was really anxious and nobody knew what was serious and what wasn't. And so I actually got a call from a friend who was on the verge of tears and she was she was asking me if this if the student had died. I, I had been texting with him five minutes before, so I reassured her, no, this student was not involved in the shooting. This student didn't die. So it was like but, a morbid, a really morbid joke. Yeah, it was scary. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. So in the classrooms, the idea at lockdown is you're supposed to lock the door, barricade it. What, what exactly was going on in there? So during we have lockdown drills relatively regularly. It's standard DCPS policy. So what happens is they're supposed to put blinds over the windows. They're supposed to lock the doors. And then you everybody basically huddles into a corner that's farthest from any interior windows. The idea is that somebody in the hallway won't be able to see into the classroom. The whole thing to me is a bit precarious. There are several classrooms in the building that do not have functional doors that lock. Last year, I was in a class that did not have a door handle on the door, so you would just kind of push it open. Um, but there are many more that just don't have functional locks. And that can be really, really scary in those classrooms where you know that this door is not gonna close. And most of them open outward, so they can't be barricaded, really. 
I'm not sure how well it would work in an active shooter situation. Like any active shooter is a student who's in the school. And so they know that there's students in these classrooms. Like, are we, I, I don't know if we're tricking them into thinking that school just got out early that day, but that is the procedure. So the, these kids are like in the corner and must be absolutely terrified. Absolutely. Everybody was, was huddled together, just trying to figure out what was going on. You know, different students were, were getting different messages uh, as they were talking to each other. And so people were shouting out what they heard, you know, the, the newest update. I heard, you know, I heard this, I heard that, you know, I heard that the police are clearing the area. I heard that there's a student involved. I heard, you know, so that was, that was kind of the environment, but it was, it was very hushed, obviously. Like nobody's, nobody's actually shouting because you're supposed to be dead silent. But at the same time, everybody's scrambling to like put their minds together and make ends of what had happened. I talked to a student in one of my classes who was really, really scared and, and started crying because she thought that they were in an active shooter situation. Um, and she, her teacher made fun of her for being scared. And other teachers were taking it very seriously, were telling their students to be calm. Um, and again, it varied on how much information they had. So some classrooms understood that it was not an active threat. And so their teachers were telling them just to be patient and, and quiet while they searched the building. I had heard of one class where the kids overheard a teacher calling like her family to say goodbye. A lot of students said goodbye. That was really common. That was one thing I heard from a lot of peers was people texting their families to say their goodbyes. It's Holy really, really cow. scary. And part of that is because there's this cultural understanding. Like we hear about school shootings constantly in the media. So there's there's an understanding that this is a very real threat that could happen. And everybody's just hoping that it doesn't. And so they were very prepared to text their families goodbye when we heard that there was, we heard gunfire and we heard, you know, that the building was going into lockdown. People were very prepared to, to say their goodbyes and brace for the worst. How long did this all go on from beginning to when everyone got the all clear message? So the lockdown ended, students got out, they released them by floor at around 4.30. So this was around two hours that students were, were hiding in classrooms. It's kind of hard to imagine that after that you come back and it's like a normal Monday. Yeah. Um, so on Friday and on Monday, we spent a lot of time talking in our classes about what had happened. Part of that was there was um, another classmate of ours uh, had, had passed, unfortunately, in a shooting last weekend. And so the school made an extra effort to bring in psychiatrists and psychologists and lots and lots of support. And we just spent most of our classes talking about what had happened and just trying to process and allow students to both grieve and just prepare themselves to continue school. So is the school going to like do anything about, I mean, we've, we, you've mentioned a sort of a wonky intercom system and, and the, the doors. Is that something that's going to get fixed? What's going on now? I imagine so. I think that the shooting situation brought a lot of attention to the cause. I think they're taking a very close look at the intercoms and the doors and, and putting a lot of priority in ensuring that the school is safe. I know that they did some work on this over the summer as well in conversations with the principal, but that was mainly focused on securing exterior doors. There were some like exterior doors that were not main entrances to the building that you could open and access during the day. And so they focused a lot around those. And now I think they're, they're turning their attention to the interior of the building. And what's the, what is the scene like now? Is there 
more security? Is there anything like that going on? There's definitely an increased police presence, both in like the outside and the inside of the school. There are police officers that are on standby on Chesapeake, you know, every day. They try their very hardest to clear the area after school. So usually when school gets out, lots of students hang out right outside the doors of the school. They're talking about their days. They're making plans for the afternoon. Maybe they're going to activities. And today especially, but I saw this happening in in previous days as well, they have been making an active effort to clear everyone immediately as school got out because it's they, they, they're concerned that it's not that safe to, to stand out there. Honestly, because the shooting happened while school was in, and that was really lucky because there were no students there. But if it had happened an hour later, there would have been hundreds, if not, you know, up to a thousand students, you know, standing in this relatively small area while, while a shooting would have happened. There were stray bullets, one hit a car, and they easily could have hit students. I had a few friends who were hanging out in the area because they got out of school early, and they had to turn and run. So this is like... Every American student's nightmare, every American parent's nightmare, too, for that matter. And school shootings are like at a record high this year. And in a lot of ways, you guys are lucky. You know, like this was, it turned out it was a misunderstanding about something that happened well away from the building. And, um, but you've now all been through this. A lot of you thinking something real was happening and might soon happen to them. What's this done to your classmates' psyches? I think a lot of people, have lost confidence in the school's response to if there were an active shooter event. I know I lost a lot of confidence in, mm-hmm. in, in the school's response to an active shooter event. Part of that is because I consider it inevitable that anyone, a student who really wants to get a gun into the school, I truly believe could. I could think of a few ways to get a gun into the school. And I think anyone who's really sad and thought hard about it could. So then what, what, where it needs to be stopped, in my mind, where shooting needs to be stopped when it gets this far is how the school responds to it in, in securing the building and putting everyone in lockdown and having procedures and doors that lock in an intercon system that works. And I've lost a lot of trust in that. I have to ask, because I'm a newspaper veteran too, um, you guys on the beacon, has this been um, a thing you've sort of been throwing yourselves into? Absolutely. Um, We're trying our hardest to do the student body justice. Part of that is using our platform to just feature students' voices, student opinions about their experiences, how they felt, do they feel safe in the building, what do they want from administration. Part of that is doing some investigation on how safe are we actually and and what do our procedures look like and what could they look like. Talking to a lot of teachers and administrators and students to kind of feel the pulse of the community on this one. So what would you say is the main takeaway from the reporting? Like, do most kids feel safe? A lot of students feel significantly less safe now. There's more confidence that we know our our procedures, that we know our drills. Like everybody was impressed at how quickly, for example, they cleared the atrium. There's this giant space in the center of the building. It's indoors and usually it's filled with students that are studying or reading or, or chatting or eating lunch. Um, And they cleared it in under a minute, which was really, really impressive. Most students felt a lot safer (laughs) because of that. A lot of students now appreciate more our security. There was a little bit of an opposition among the student body to our security protocols, to the officers in the schools. And I've I've seen a lot of that melt away as, as people just crave to feel safety. They 
people crave safety in their schools. And more than ever, they get comfort from things like the metal detectors and the officers and, you know, having locked doors. But they also felt, um, they felt a lot less safe in specific classes where the response was not what it should have been. In classes where teachers continued teaching, there was a lot less confidence that in an actual shooter event, that the teacher would respond effectively and appropriately. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, thanks so much for having me. And before you head out, some quick news. DC Mayor Muriel Bowser wants to blow up the board that runs the city's public housing agency. The DC Housing Authority was the subject of an absolutely scathing federal report this fall, which said it wasn't providing basic, safe, and secure housing. It suggested the board was asleep at the wheel. The idea is to put in place a smaller emergency group that's going to run the agency for three years. There's a new top 10 list out and nobody wants to be on it. It's the worst bottlenecks in the region, courtesy of the National Capital Region Transportation Planning Board. The worst two spots are around where I-95 hits the Occoquan in Virginia. At DC intersection is number three. It's where uh, I-295 hits East Capitol Street. And Maryland's worst is number four. That's where the Baltimore-Washington Parkway hits Powder Mill Road. And if that list makes you want to give up your car, here's some good news. The D.C. Council is set to vote tomorrow on a measure that would make Metrobus service in the district free, free. The proposal replaces the earlier idea of giving all residents a $100 monthly fare card credit. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. If you enjoyed the show, send it on to a friend with kids or one who lives near a school or works in one. And check out the school paper, The Beacon. You can find the link in our show notes. We were really, really impressed with their work. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.